Hello friends, welcome to another mini weave. Today we are going to be talking about the tropes that we love and the ones we don't like. Oh man, guys. Yes, and so honestly, this is actually based off of an article that Megan sent over to me. It's called 10 Common Anime Tropes You See Everywhere by CBR.com. Yep, so we've got to give them credit because let's be honest, there are a lot of tropes, but these are the most common ones, and CBR just kind of did the work for us on this one, <laughs> yeah. so thanks. But um, yeah, we're just going to go down the list, and we're just going to talk about the what we like and what we don't. Who knows? We could be different. <laughs> and let us know if you come up with any other tropes. I know that within the bookish community on TikTok, there are a lot of other tropes that we totally could go into. Uh, but we decided to go off of this article and um, just kind of make it simple. Kind of the, the bigger tropes that we see within anime. Oh, 100%. So first, let's talk about the trope Sundare. Which Sundere. Yeah. Sundere. Sundere. Um, we're saying it a bunch because we got really nervous about saying it <laughs> and we had to Google it. But um, if you're like, I still don't understand what you're saying, it's spelled T S U N D E R E. Sundere. Now, there is a definition for this, and this is when a character starts off as bitter or aloof towards their love interest and then they proceed to warm up to said love interest over the course of time but they are regularly conflicting um with their other feelings so that is a tsundere and sam how do you feel about it i actually don't mind it i um i feel like i gravitate towards those because it gives like a different starting point, maybe a longer time to build up to something else. Um, okay. I figure since that you don't like made Sama that you might not like this trope. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's been um, some rom-coms and stuff like that that I've really liked that have this like oh, around high school host club. Um, True. That has that with multiple ma male characters. I feel like or in high school host club is like the innocent version of a reverse harem kind of type thing going on. <laughs> 100%. Um, but Noragami has that with Yori and um, Yato. Like there's definitely some doubts of like, no, I don't like him or ew, she's just a high school girl kind of attitude. And then Kamisama kiss also has that oh, uh, so as precious. well. And I, I feel like, those three that I could give as examples do a really good job um, of doing the tsundere uh, without it being too much <laughs> in the negative. And I will agree with you that Maid Sama kind of takes it too far and um, just really goes buck wild on it. I just, I have a really hard time when these types of relationships go so far as to put the guy down as like the stupid person or vice versa, like have the girl that is very much put down as the stupid person. Like uh, one that I've watched recently, I we, we talked about them and the relationships that we don't really like. And it's with Oriyama and I'm blanking on the guy's name. Um, 
but just how she's just so overbearing and it mm. kind of makes her guy opposite kind of dumb <laughs> in my opinion. Right. Well, like, yeah, because, I mean, for me, there's a time and place. Yeah. It it can for but for me it can also get super old super fast if it's just like too much and you hit the nail on the head maid sama is like numero uno of a bad example <laughs> because i just it's so extreme that to me it just makes it so unrealistic that there would be a togetherness by the end of it because i'm like yeah. i would never want to be with someone who is literally that hateful towards me like yeah you know talk about a head trip so that's why i think in some situations it can be okay but in the extreme it's like too much but i there are some other examples too so i'm going to add to what you said there's Kyo Shoma from Fruits Basket. There okay, is yeah. Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z, which I don't watch Dragon Ball, but I'm sure other people do. And then there's Iri Sawa. They say it kind of like, they kind of say it really fast, like Sawichka. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yes, from School Rumble. She's the blonde haired girl who um, is often called Rich Girl. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, more Sundare characters. But for me, um, yeah, Maid Sama. Gosh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's more like, we get it. You don't like it. So, <laughs> moving on. The next trope is ridiculous power scaling. Um, okay. For me, Sam, this depends on a few factors. So, for example, there's when Rock Lee shows how badass he is in the tuning exams. Did you ever yes. watch Naruto? Uh, that part, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, this is in Naruto. He just takes off his ankle weights. Boom. And then. So crazy. He is insane. And so, for me, I'm like, this is awesome because he has this, like, crazy underdog moment where people are like this guy doesn't even have ninjutsu blah 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 you know how can he even be in the tune-in exams and then it's like oh just you wait homie, <laughs> homie takes off his ankle weights and bam so for me that is super cool but there are other moments where i'm like so if it's for an underdog moment love it but as a whole, I feel like ridiculous power scaling has to come with, like, some sort of element of sacrifice, like a person dying, because it's like, as the power gets bigger, I feel like the stakes need to get bigger, you know? Yeah. So, another example, we just hit a scene in Fairy Tale, which I don't know if we're going to keep watching it, because it's getting a little too fan service, like... What in the hentai am I watching? I don't watch hentai, but it's like getting to that point where I'm like, are we crossing a bridge? You know? But anyway, there's a scene where there's a bad to good character that performs a spell that reverses time for others, but takes away from her own life. And so in the process, it only reverses for a single minute. And she thinks... My life was only worth one minute. But mm. in the process, she ends up saving, like, basically all of the wizards. And so I thought, wow, 
how incredible, like, she dies not knowing all the good that she's done. And she did the ultimate sacrifice. And for me, I feel like that just would have been so good for them to leave it there. Because it's like, how often do we do these sacrifice moments and we just don't know the fruits of our labors? Yeah. But fairy tale had to do what fairy tale does and it turns out that that this person just became a really old lady like at the end of her life (laughs) but not dead and i'm like to me that just took away from the moment so i yes so i feel like ridiculous power scaling is okay but sometimes i feel like it just if not done correctly it feels ridiculous but if done correctly, it's completely epic. Yeah, I get. But that. what about you? Uh, I'm not sure how I really feel about this one. I feel like anxious me really likes it because I do like to see the underdog prevail on like the biggest scale. Um, but sometimes I feel like it's just too predictable. Like that somebody, oh. like you go into it and you're like, oh, this person's super weak. Well, they're going to be super powerful later. And oh, yeah. I, I'm just kind of thinking like. With those, it, I literally feel like anxious me and then regular me. Anxious me <laughs> loves it. And so there's a time and a place for me with my moods as to do I like it or not. Mm. So I'll keep okay. that one short and simple since I don't have strong feelings either way. But <laughs> it just depends. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, the next on the list is expedited training. So how okay. do you feel about that? Okay, this one was a really really short one for me as well. But I love a good training montage. Like, I think they are so fun. I think I I love it much better than a freaking monologue that lasts for three episodes or whatever. (laughs) Um, But you see that in, like, Hunter x Hunter and My Hero Academia. Like, you see... uh, your characters just like go from weaklings to built up and being like beefy, beefy. And (laughs) I just think it's so fun. It's just, it's a good time. Oh, 100%. Well, I saw someone on their TikTok um, talk about he, how she was in the training arc season of her life. And I was like, (laughs) I love that. That is hilarious and amazing. I'm going to start saying that I'm just in the training arc season of my life. (laughs) But I also love it. I also think that this is necessary because let's be honest, if anime was realistic about their training, it would be so boring. Like we wouldn't watch it. And, like, I almost, I actually almost gave up on Attack on Titan when they were in the cadet episodes because I just thought that those were so boring in my mind. Mm, And it's like, what if I stopped at those cadet episodes? Like, but, you know, for me, it's just like it felt so slow in this training period. So I actually do love an expedited training session. Like you said, Hunter x Hunter, love that. My hero, love that. Also, One Punch Man, I find hysterical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's um, super funny. You know? And I also think the main reason why we have these expedited training also is to just show how determined the protagonist is. Like, mm-hmm. mind over matter, they're going to beat the odds, and it makes us want to rally behind them. So I yeah. just, I love the training. 
So let's see. What are we moving on to next? Next up is weak female characters. Ooh, okay. okay, you go first. Oh my gosh. Well, first off, this drives me nuts. Okay. <laughs> like, if you are going to have weak female characters, you better show me some weak male ones too. And I'm not saying that weakness is a bad thing, especially okay. because like it humanizes a character. It allows for there to be character growth. So I get it. But weak just for being weak is not a good look. And also it's like just to be rescued by the male, you know, the weak female rescued by the super strong, super brave, handsome male. Like, ugh, we don't need that. Um, but for example, there's a moment in Naruto again with a young Sakura. And there's a okay. point. Yes, I feel like you know this because I believe this also happened during the tuning exams. But there's a point when she's caught by some bad guys. Um, they're not really supposed to like hurt each other super hardcore, but these guys are actually bad guys. Okay. And she gets caught by the hair with one of them. And for some reason, like Naruto and Sasuke are like unable to really help her in this moment. But okay. usually they are the ones rescuing her. But she's got one of those knives and in she has the opportunity to either like stab the leg, stab the foot to get away. But what does she do? She pulls a Mulan and slices her hair off and gives herself a bob. Yeah. Like, yep. like, thanks for teaching me the power of a good haircut, Sakura. But that's not what I really <laughs> wanted to see. You know? Like. Yeah. Ah, it drove me nuts. It drove me nuts. So, yeah, boo to weak female characters. I'm not saying weak is bad, but come on. Yeah. Let's, let's, you know, spice things up and have strong female characters. So now, Sam, what do you think? Okay, so mixed feelings, okay? I have a very specific weak female character subtrope that I find oh. okay. Okay, do tell. I like I like it when they start off weak, or I don't mind if they start off weak, mm -hmm. but then find their power. It doesn't necessarily yes. have to be physical strength. It could be strength in their voice or strength in who they are. I like that. I like that a lot. And yes, for the sake of character growth. Yes, yes. agreed. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I was just looking through my list of anime so that I could give better examples but um, I feel like Noragami does a really good job with that in the sense that, like, she kind of gets, um, Hiyori feels like her real physical self is weak. But when she is her spirit self, she's, like, kicking butt, taking names. And when oh, she realizes yeah. that, she's, like, boom, broke through that barrier, got it going. And she seriously gains confidence in it. Like, she yes. is amazing. Yes, exactly. agreed. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Uh, let me see. Which are the other? Oh, what is it? Um, I will say that like, and and I feel like Fairy Tale also does that with, I'm forgetting her name. but the Scarlet. Scarlet. Oh, no. Lucy. Lucy Hartvelia. Yes, Lucy. At first, and this is much more of a soft transition, mind you. 
But Lucy starts off with, she does celestial magic and everybody's like, this is the dumbest thing ever. You just have keys and then you summon (laughs) other people to, to do your work for you. But she ends up getting some confidence where she feels like she knows when and where to use those keys and then has the confidence to know how to deal with those celestial beings and to utilize them to the best ability. And so I feel like she gains strength in like her power as like the master over these keys it's very slight it's very gradual but they do have that in there i agree i agree um let me see um if we're counting avatar the last airbender you have katara um who she starts off as a weak waterbender she has nobody that's showing her and she just gradually teaches herself or seeks out other people who can teach her i think that's really great too and she has like this quiet strength which i feel like a lot of the times is overlooked in anime because they either need to have like this crazy outward personality or they're completely inward that they don't stand up for themselves but she does a really good job the ones that i have a really hard time with are the ones where they are just weak period no development even after having the same thing happen to them over and over and over again they're super weak So I will say I've started watching Devil's Line. Like I watched that whole season. I've started reading the end or the manga for it. And there is somewhat of character development with the weak female character, but the main girl just still gets caught every single time. She's always in the middle of it. Should she be? No. Like, why is she where she is. I, I just don't want to like say too much because I know you ha- probably haven't watched it nope. or read about it at all, but she just, it's a vampire series. And for some reason, she's always the one the vampires are chasing after. <laughs> um, then there's also, I guess this is another vampire one, diabolic lover where it's kind of reverse harem too, but she's sent by the Catholic church to be like this chosen bride for this, family of brothers who she says don't bite me don't bite me and like she doesn't put up a fight she doesn't realize hey why don't why don't we just not go in a room by ourselves with this brother like maybe we should stop doing that and he won't feed off of you dummy like that just (laughs) that just really bothers me but that sounds like a wild anime uh, yeah that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I feel like we can agree that weak isn't bad if it leads to character growth. Yes. But weak for the sake of being weak is lame, especially when no you make bueno. it the female characters. Like, come mm-hmm. on. Agreed. Yep. The next one is Opai. And if you don't know what Opai is, it basically means big boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, in particular, there's um, One Punch Man's Saitama. He is wearing a Opai sweatshirt. Those are just big boobies. He loves them. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam, how do you feel about them? Um, I want that shirt like super, super bad. <laughs> After I saw this, I was like, yep, I want it. <laughs> That's um, hilarious. Okay. This is going to be some information for people. But I was very much made fun of for 
being somewhat well endowed by my family, mm. by friends. I am a big chested girl. And I really like seeing big chested women <laughs> in animes because I'm like, finally, some representation. <laughs> that is hysterical. Oh my gosh. Um, but I will preface, I am not a fan of the bimboness that goes on, goes hand in hand with big boobs most of the time. Oh, um, I feel like uh, Kenichi or Oriyama does a kind of a good job with this where they actually have the nerdy girls with big chests and like they don't flaunt it in any way. Like mm. in, in both of those shows, like the bigger chested girls actually wear a lot of clothing in the upper region. Um, but I feel like Oriyama did better because they just put her... Like, they didn't really draw attention to it other than one comment. Wherein Kenichi, like, Kenichi is very much attracted to this girl solely for her boobs, I feel. <laughs> Even though she dresses like, like you see no boobage. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got high necklines or whatever. Yeah, he's he still is like, oh, oh, like eyes popping out of his head kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, I... I I like some representation of people that are like me. That is hysterical. Oh, my gosh. Ah. Uh, well, for me, I mean, like, you like what you like. Um, if, if you like big boobs, <laughs> you like big boobs. I feel like it's okay. Similar to Sam. Same. Same, same. But it drives me nuts when the big boobs seem to be a plot point. Or yep. when the the boobs are a diversion for yes. bad writing and character development. And yes. I'm looking at you, fairy tale, okay? <laughs> like, I mean, so, I mean, time and place. Like, is it a diversion? Then I probably don't like it. But, oh my gosh, Sam, I'm going to try to find this YouTube video. I was talking to my sister-in-law about how much we thought the opi stuff was ridiculous. I sometimes call the big boobs inflated boobs because they seem to like be ginormous but defy gravity. (laughs) And she showed me the most ridiculous scene that dealt with these inflated boobs. And I kid you not, it was so bad. I was laughing so hard. I will never watch this anime. I don't remember what it was. But if I find this YouTube video, I will put it in the show notes. Because okay. it is it is so bad. So yeah, fingers crossed I find it. And if you're listening to this, look in the show notes, see if it's there and enjoy. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um. Okay, next trope is non-existent slash absent slash dead parents. Sam, what do you think? Um, I'm good with it as long as it's realistic. Like, I don't like it in Pokemon that Ash's mom is like, okay, you're a middle schooler, <laughs> but you just travel the world. <laughs> um, you want to be a Pokemon master like your dad? Go for it. Sure. Why yeah. not? And oh. let's just fund your trip and just like not ever have contact with you. I don't find that realistic in the slightest. Like, don't. No. 100%. <laughs> I almost think like a non-existent parent is just like worse, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, I also give this trope kind of a pass 
because it's present in a lot of popular literature and shows, not just anime. So we have it in Harry Potter. We have it in series of unfortunate events. It's in almost every Disney movie. (laughs) So it's like, I feel like at least one parent is dead. At least one. And, you know, there could be both. So it's like... um, The golden few, like Moana, where both of her parents are alive. Oh, yeah. That's that's, a few. (laughs) That's true. I can hardly think of one where, like, both are present and there, you know? But, um, yeah, so I feel like this is okay. I neither like it nor hate it. It just, it is what it is because it's in all kinds of media. Definitely. Now, the next trope is emotional flashback before the big moment. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Um, the first thing that I said was, I think Attack on Titan does a really good job with this. Like, super, super good. 100% in my notes, I put the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, it helps fill in the information that I think a lot of people are looking for, like motivation behind the character, motivation behind what's going on with the plot. And I'm here for it. Like, I I really do like it. Um, An example that I have is Devil's Line does this a lot with the main guy character, um, Azumi. Um, I think his name is Azumi. Um, He doesn't remember a lot about his childhood, but in key moments where he's triggered, Mm -hmm. um, he has a flashback. And um, you find out piece by piece more more about, like, who he is, even though he doesn't know who he is. So I think it's really cool. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I am all for this. I love it. I love getting um, an emotional flashback that will make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I am such a sap, but I love them because it just helps us understand the characters more. Like you said, it just makes us understand their trauma, where they come from all that stuff so mm-hmm. <sighs> I love a good cry so I'm here for it <laughs> <laughs> the next one is a monologue for exposition okay <laughs> um I feel we- like this personally needs to be dialed back like I feel like it's okay, but when it gets to the point of a multi-monologue, like in Naruto, where it's We're like- We're calling you out, Naruto. I We're know- calling you freaking out. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I love Naruto. But it's like, the bad guy gets a monologue, you know, about how no one loved him and he was betrayed. And, you know, because of this, he's going to hurt everyone. And then Naruto has to get a monologue and he's just like, look, I'm feeling you, man. I was hated, (laughs) you know, but now I love the village and they love me. You know, we're friends. And through the power of friendship, you can change your mind and become a good guy. It's like, who is saying everyone can get a monologue? It's not Oprah. So, like, let's cool it with the monologues. Yeah. I mean, we were both really upset within season one of Attack on Titan near the end when Hanji just monologues right at at <laughs> Annie's Titan. And you're like, what the F are you doing? Like, you haven't tied her down completely. And then she bursts out. And you're like, Hanji, if you would have just gotten the F out of the way, like, you we could have settled this <laughs> one trillion percent also hanji has never done any wrong aside from that moment so people don't get mad at us we love hanji 
Yes, we do love Hanji. But um, yeah, agreed. <laughs> <Awkward pause. laughs> Sorry, I was like mid swallow. Um, yeah. but yeah, agreed. I feel like this needs to be dialed back one trillion percent. Oh my gosh, Ugh. I need to stop saying one trillion percent. I'm. I know. I'm gonna make a hat for you. I've already decided that we <gasps> oh, both no. have. We both have things. Yours is one hundred percent or one trillion percent. And then mine is momentous moment. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, if I get something that says one trillion percent, you have to get momentous. <laughs> I legitimately thought today, I was like, I'm making these into hats. hats. <laughs> we need hats. I feel so bad for you because Sam has to edit our podcast. And <laughs> I bet you hear me say one trillion percent so much where it's like, if this was a drinking game. This would be on the list, you know. Finish your drink when Megan says one trillion percent. <laughs> well, it's just gone up with, as the season has progressed. Like you used to just say a hundred percent, hundred percent, and then you just start saying like one trillion percent. I'm like, man, Megan is really vibing with what I'm saying. So like, okay, that's how I know. That's how I know. Oh, that's hysterical! Wow. Okay. Whew. Self-awareness achieved. <laughs> I'm going to dial it back. Um, next one. Next trope is villain doesn't capitalize. Oh, my gosh. Okay, Sam. We're both shaking our heads. This is short and simple. Hate it. So not realistic. And for me, I'm going to quote a beloved villain to good guy, which is <laughs> hate, hate, hate double hate loathe entirely i hate it like why why oh it, it really does not it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense i mean i is somebody that full of themselves that like i i just think about okay we're gonna we're gonna mesh together villain monologues like as an example Double Who whammy. Is so full of themselves that they're going to monologue long enough for you to do whatever you need to do. And it's like bad guys don't care about your feelings. Bad no. guys don't care about what they're going to take down or if they're going to kill you. Nope. And yet, in in the, oh, big big bad guy a villain not mm-hmm. capitalizing is Sailor Freaking Moon. I know it's a beloved <laughs> anime. But I watched it like, I'm going to see what the hype is because this is like cherished. And I was like, it's cute, but damn, these villains are atrocious. They're so bad at being bad. Like, what is the deal? Drove me nuts. Yeah. Like Team Rocket. It just got to the point (gasps) with Pokemon with Team Rocket that it was a funny thing, right? Like it was meant more to be a funny thing. How did I forget about Team Rocket? Like, numero uno on bad guys being bad at being bad. But here's the thing is that at least in that show, they're making fun of it. Like, they know that it is not a realistic trope to happen. True, true. But there are so many that don't. Like, they're thinking, this is the best way for my hero, my protagonist to get out is to be able to have a villain realistically not capitalize on the protagonist's vulnerability. <laughs> it makes zero sense. It annoys me so much. 
Um, but we digress. I think we could rattle on and on, but I think yeah. we've made our point. Last but not least is that the character unlocks a secret or forgotten power just before defeat. Sam, what are your thoughts? Um, I really like this one. I think it goes kind of hand in hand with ridiculous power scaling almost. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I love it. I really like this in Blue Exorcist a lot. Um, or in Noragami, like you just see moments of where something like spurs them on to make them just boom with huge power. Like in Blue Exorcist, where the world's almost going to end because like a spell is cast and they have this big marking on top of the school, I think. And um, the main twin. Man, I'm terrible at remembering names. Remembering <laughs> names. Like, I really am. Um, he just, like, all of a sudden is like, you will not! And just, like, bursts into flames, fights the bad guy. Like, super great. Noragami is with Yato. Just, like, Love it. Protecting Hiori. Yeah, protecting Hiori. Um, or um, his weapon. <laughs> oh, Yuki. Yukine. Yeah, oh, Yuki. Yeah. Yeah. Just like protecting him and his moment of vulnerability as well. I just love it. Um, I re- also really like it when this is kind of the opposite, I guess. Um, of this trope, but where a character feels super in control and then loses um, loses control in a moment of weakness and then realizing that they can't control themselves. Um, and it oh. kind of progresses a story as for like a, a character development thing. So like it's the complete opposite, working backwards kind of thing. Yeah. Like instead of having Ooh. all this power and control like they don't and then they have to build themselves back up again um Ooh, okay I that like happens that. that happens in devil's line and i feel like sometimes there's this moment of a catalyst and it just moves people into action um kind of like if you're doing real life examples like a mom picking up a car that's on top of her kid and they just have like this brute strength that they never knew that they had and that sam is in my freaking notes oh. are we the same person <laughs> That's so funny. I totally hey. put that example in my notes. Oh my gosh. Um, well, yeah. Okay. I love moments like that because hello, this kind of like unlocking unknown power mm-hmm. happens in real life. The mom in the car like moment. Um, so yeah, I just think that it just backs up their past training, their determination. So like, even when they are exhausted and at their point of stopping, they just don't. And something amazing happens. And I'm like, yes, this is incredible. So, yeah. I love it. Yeah. It just reminds, like, when you were talking about the mom picking up the car and stuffing, stuff like that. Um, it just reminds me of The Incredibles where, like, the... <gasps> the dad like does pick up the car at one point and, like the little neighbor boy sees him. And then there's a neck, the next time that he comes out to his car and he just looks at the kid. And he's like, what are you looking at? And he's like, I don't know. Something amazing, I guess. I know. So cute. Such I love that. Movie. that. That is a cute movie, but okay, everyone. The, those are the tropes. Those are the tropes that we love, the tropes that we don't love. 
Um, let us know what you think. If you have any opinions on what we said, feel free to email us. We'd love to hear from you at littlebitweebish at gmail.com. Or if there was a trope that was not on the list, we'd love to hear it there because we know there are certainly more uh, tropes than the ones that we mentioned. So definitely. Yeah. But thanks for joining us on this mini weeb. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye. (laughs) Thanks. Bye.